0: you love your work do you think it's possible well you're about to find out it's time for
1: 48 days to the work you love with Dan Miller on the 48 days online radio show whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul this is the program for you now here's your host Dan Miller well I guess that opening is as appropriate today as ever do you love your work because we're hearing from a whole lot of people who don't now, fortunately, we're hearing from a lot of you who have figured it out. But golly, I don't know. Is it—is it the end of summer? I mean, what's going on? Why are so many people frustrated with their work? Well, we've got questions from a whole lot of those people today. We'll get through as many as we can. We don't want to just load up the entire time together with the negatives. Hopefully, we'll be able to give some pointers to those of you who are struggling with work that you aren't particularly thrilled about, but keep that as a goal. My theme today is work is love made visible. We're going to think about that for a little bit. Work is love made visible. Our sponsor today is harrys.com. Now, like this morning early, like most every morning, I was out for a nice long walk. It was really warm and I saw the Deer and the turkeys and the bunnies and the squirrels, everything playing. But I came back in just ready to hit the shower. The first thing I did was hit my face with a Harry's razor that I use just to wake up my face. Hey, what a pleasant experience! And you can get $5 off your purchase anytime you want to to get started with Harry's. Go to harry's.com, use 48 days as the code. Now, this work is love made visible. Here's some of the things I'm going to be talking about. I had to throw in at least one good one here because we are going to have some success stories. Somebody says, I just started my coaching business, already have three clients for over $3,000. But here's some of the things that we're going to be addressing. I'm a 29-year-old Brazilian currently living in Germany and I am lost. I feel like I have nothing to look to. These are different ones. I feel like I have nothing to look forward to in life. Dan, I'm 41 years old and I feel like I should have accomplished more. Dan, my younger brother is living his dreams and I feel pretty terrible because I am not. Dan, I'm an over-the-road trucker and I've hated my job for years. I have an ideal job, but I really hate it. What's better, to work more in a job you'd love or less than a job you dislike? Dan, I'm tra- having trouble keeping jobs. I need help. Well, it certainly seems to be a lot of consistency there. We'll go through as many as we can today, but starting off with some success stories as well. Always a joy to hear those. Well, here's a, a extended quotation. This comes from Cahil Gibran out of the Prophet. It's an old one that I've gone back to many times, but it says, "Work." Now I'm going to read the whole thing. It's a little more lengthy, but just remember the first part. Work is love made visible. But it continues, And if you cannot work with love, but only with distaste, it is better that you should leave your work and sit at the gate of the temple and take alms of those who work with joy. For if you bake bread with indifference, you bake a bitter bread that feeds but half man's hunger. And if you grudge the crushing of the grapes, your grudge distills a poison in the wine. And if you sing, though as angels, and love not the singing. You muffle man's ears to the voices of the day and the voices of the night. Now that's pretty radical. Now that's saying, if you don't love your work, it's better that you just sit on the street corner and beg money from those who do enjoy their work. And of course, no matter where you live, we see that a lot. We see a lot of people who've just kind of given up on having work that they love. Now there's a lot of issues with homelessness. I'm not going to going into all of those, but certainly a lot of those people have just given up on finding work that they love. And so they just hold out a little cup and hope that people will have pity on them and give them some kind of a pittance that they can get by. Well, that's not you. I mean, certainly that's not you. We're going to look at how you can have work that you love. Well, just another note about Harry's.com. Again, that's where I get my razors. I grab my personalized orange handled razor and start the day off with that every day. You know, some of the things that they have on their website are are so artistic. It just makes you, you know, want to have one of these things for more than just the utilitarian value of shaving your face. It says like a paintbrush on a wet canvas, our cartridges, pliant rubber hinges, flexes to the contours of your face for precise control over a wide surface area. A small band of aloe vera and vitamin E soothes and nourishes your skin for a soft, smooth finish. Well, I love things that are described like that. I've been in the last couple of days in Donald Miller's Story Brand Workshop, and we're talking about how to tell a story about what you do. Well, Harrys tells a great story. So go to Harrys.com. Again, use 48 days as a code to get five bucks off your first purchase. Well, let's look at some success stories. Sutton Parks says, "Hey, gang." I'm working on my Amazon business, but I've also started up writing again. I just got a guest post on the Good Men Project. You can check it out here. And Sutton's article was Three Habits That Saved My Life While Homeless. Sutton's got a great story. I'm very familiar with that. You can check it out. Just um, you can go to the Good Men Project and find it there. He says also big thanks to another 48 Days member, Kamanzi Constable, for what he teaches about writing for large websites. Mark West says, just launched today, Awake to Freedom, my new platform for coaching entrepreneurs. He says, I want it. now he wrote this in the Coaching with Excellence group in 48days.net, but he says, I want to let you all be the first to know about my just launched website, awake to freedom.com. The site is the new online hub for my growing business of coaching entrepreneurs and business executives. Uh, he gives credit to his son, Nathan, for the the team at Solario solutions for creating the website. And it is really cool. It's a really cool website. It says also thanks to Nathan for introducing me to 48 days and Dan Miller. When we together attended coaching with excellence in May of 2015. So just a couple months ago, Nathan and his dad, Mark, were here. It says what a great kickoff to that for both of our coaching businesses. And it's been great growing our separate but similar businesses together. And then he has a link to his site. Again, it's Awake to Freedom. He says, be sure to sign up. Now, I'm going to recommend you do this. You can go there, Awake to Freedom, and get Mark's new free ebook, Five Simple Steps to Turn Your Dream into Freedom. And he goes on with, um, he's got an extreme freedom experience that I'm really jazzed about. He's going to have um, people come for his one-day experience where you'll actually get to drive a race car. He's contracted with a racetrack. Mark is a professional race car driver himself, and uh, he's going to take people through the experience of driving a race car, the adrenaline rush and all, and then talking about, you know, how you can have that same kind of feeling, that same kind of release in your business. Great, great stuff. Awake to freedom. And just a note there, if you're listening, you know, you hear a lot of stories on here about people who started with Coaching with Excellence and then went on to start these very, very profitable businesses. That's what we teach We don't teach you just how to hold somebody's hand and make them feel better. We teach you how to coach. Yes, but also how to start a profitable business. Got one more left this year. That's September 3rd and 4th. Check it out. Go to the live events at 48days.com. Check out coaching with excellence. Join us here. If you have any interest in turning your advice, giving that you may already be doing into a profitable business, we'll help you with that. Well, Jordan Peterson says, Dan, thanks for all you do. Uh, I have a success story, although on the surface, it may not seem like one. Back in May, I started a mastermind with a couple other like-minded people. I've wanted to start one for several years, but struggled with who to invite. Just getting up the courage to share the idea for me was a challenge with folks that I didn't think would be interested, but I learned to be courageous and contagious. I've gotten a lot better with sharing the idea. Our group is growing. Two of us are steady, and we've had three others join us as well. Um, but anyway, here's what's happening. I'll just summarize this. Jordan goes through the fact that they're using a service a call system called Uber conference and it's a great service, but it also tells at the end how much each individual participant talked and he realized that he was talking way more than anybody else. So instead of being really the functionality that we expect in a mastermind, it was more him just talking. And I know it's easy to do that. I mean, there's a fine line between a, a teaching mentoring group and a mastermind. But in a mastermind, you should have other people talking, sharing as much as you, even if you are facilitating that. But thanks for sharing, Jordan. He says that, uh, thanks Dan for unwittingly teaching me to talk less and listen more. That's from what's actually from Justin, not Jordan. I said, Jordan, that's from Justin. So thanks for that note. Now this, uh, oh no, this comes from Justin. That was Jordan. Sorry about that. This comes from Justin. He says, I was reading your 48 business ideas this weekend. Wanted to let you know of another opportunity people may want to take advantage of. My wife homeschooled our children last year, and although she is quite capable of continuing, we're expecting our fourth child in January 2016. So instead of sending our children into the public school system, she's continuing the homeschooling, but through Connections Academy, which is a free online public school program for parents who want to homeschool their children. We have a lot of friends who are doing the same thing. I found out that one mom who has received the proper training to monitor the work in progress of the students is having a few of the children over to her house for a few hours each week. While their parents go to work, she's receiving $40 per week per child. So ultimately what she is doing is providing a homeschool group daycare for children who are going through this online curriculum. The children she's watching are ages seven to 13. So they're older and quite capable of caring for their own basic needs. No, no need to change any diapers. I thought you'd like to know this opportunity, especially for stay-at-home moms who are looking for income but don't want to run a daycare. Thanks for all you do for this community. Well, thanks for your, your notes there. Thanks for those notes of success. Keep those coming in. If you got a note of success, go to the 48days.com site, click on the Ask Dan link, and you'll see a place there where you can submit your story. We love hearing those stories come in so we can put you in this category, count you as one of the champions. Now, I got an abbreviated portion of our show today in this category because we had so many questions from people who don't like their work. Sometimes I struggle with how much balance here I'd like to spend sometimes just talking about the success stories, but we want to address the ones who are still struggling as well. We want this to be a mixed bag kind of community, an episode here each time. So we enjoy the success stories, but we're going to continue talking about those who need some specific help as well. We're going to move into that now. This comes from David who says, thanks. I've been listening to your podcast for years. Love it. You inspire me to be better and do great things. Plus now that Kevin, Kevin being my son is hosting the Ziegler podcast. I get a double dose of Miller wisdom. For the past couple of months, I've been running my own leadership-centered mastermind group. I've learned a lot, what works, what doesn't, and how to get the most out of the small group format. Your mastermind guide has been been a big help. I want to take what I've learned and create a paid mastermind curriculum group. The purpose of the curriculum is to create a mastermind group that wins right out of the gate. How do I get the word out to my local business community? Well, David, that's an this is a great question and certainly seems like a logical one. Personally, with my mastermind, I've never announced that to just get it out to the business community. I've only invited a few selected people to be part of that. Having a mastermind is a really important part of your own personal development. Now, what you're implying here is you're not just looking for people who need coaching. That's different but if you want a mastermind, they're going to be people who are on an equal level with you in terms of their success already. People who have just as much ability to contribute as they do need to receive. And that's certainly true with my mastermind. Now, the tricky part of this is then why would those people pay you to be in a mastermind if in fact, they're not going to just be taught? Well, that's where you have to convey the value of a mastermind. A mastermind is where you bring like-minded people together, kindred spirits, so to speak, and those people are all going to benefit from sharing ideas and resources. So if you do a good job of conveying what that's going to be, yeah, people will pay to be a part of that. And golly, there are people like Joe Polish, uh, Yannick Silver, those guys, Armand Moran, those guys have masterminds where it costs twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year to be part of it. And it is where they expect to get together and rub shoulders with other people. Not that they haven't been successful. Believe me, they're already very successful, but they will, they've, recognize the value of coming together with other people where it will in fact elevate the success of everybody involved. So you can get the word out. I mean, go through your chamber of commerce, you know, tell people, but uh, this is something where you don't want a whole lot of response. I mean, I assume you are only looking for 10 or 12 people. So it's not like you want, you know, 300 people to respond anyway. So if you feel comfortable with it, you know, announce it, but then have an application process. Don't just think that if somebody is willing to be in and willing to pay for it, that they're a good candidate. Develop some kind of a screening tool where you can still then decide, is this person a reasonable candidate to be part of this? Michael Hyatt, I was talking to him the other night. We went to dinner together and he was talking about his mastermind. He did put a note out about his, what requirements for that. He had 140 young guys apply. He screened it down to 40 that he talked to personally and he selected 10 He selected 10 out of those 40 to actually be in his mastermind. So he had a whole lot of people that wanted to be, but he was very, very stringent about selecting the people that he thought would make a good mix for that. And you can do a similar process. Bruce says the above question. um, Well, the question relates to my son. He's been trying to make a go of it as a freelance concept artist, which he loves. He's very talented. He's even illustrated an award winning book. However, the work seems to dribble in and he is not yet able to make a go of it, meaning earn enough income to move out on his own and make a living as the work just isn't yet enough to allow him to do so. All that to say, how does one go about getting customers for a service such as this? What could or should he do to bring this business to the next level um, His mother and I know nothing about such things, so we're of little help. After finding your podcast, I think I found someone who does. Well, it's, it's a tough kind of area that you're in when we're talking about photography or art and you're just doing it to get paid for doing it. It's hard to just do that as a freelancer and make significant income. No question about it, but I'm going to give you a couple sites here that I would encourage you to explore to get, have your son list himself as a resource there. So he can at least be doing some things. Fiverr.com. Now that's F I V E R R two R's fiverr.com, elance.com, outsource.com, and upwork.com. Here's part of the challenge you've got. I put in a quick search in Google for freelance artist work and I got over 17,700,000 results. There's a whole lot of people who want to do what your son wants to do. So he's going to have to distinguish himself. There ought to be some kind of art. If it's comic style art, or if it's using landscapes or if it's doing people at work or using a particular kind of stick figure or doing something like, you know, Scott Adams did with Dilbert, you know, create some kind of unique identity for what it is that he does, because just being available to illustrate, there's too many people. It's too easy to get things done. I went on recently, well, that actually wasn't illustrating, but I wanted images created for one of my books. And I put it out on Fiverr and I got 35 images. And I mean, these are wonderful. It shows people sitting on the beach, reading my book and people standing in the library, pulling it off the shelf, just some amazing images. And I got 35 of those for $5. Now I tipped the guy, whoever it was, I tipped him $20 because I felt so bad about, you know, what an amazing value he gave me. But that's the challenge when you're just creating a commodity. There's so many people doing it and it's very, very difficult to make yourself stand out there. I'm going to play an audio here from an old older brother. speaking about a younger brother. Now we'll move in and I'm going to tell you some tips we can use for this one.
0: Hey, Dan, I first started reading you with your wisdom meets passion book and appreciate your insights on the differences that people in our lives can bring and help us grow. I'm now desiring to help my younger brother grow. He's 13, and all of his friends are a few years older than him and starting to get summer jobs, and he's wondering if he can go out and get a job. I want to encourage him uh, to think a little more about uh, just getting a job and instead think about the value that he can bring um, and be remunerated for that. So we talked about window washing, and just really I hit a wall in terms of ideas and was thinking of maybe a book to recommend to him. And on your website, I didn't find anything that really fit that age bracket of a 13-year-old who's thinking about getting his first summer job. So would appreciate to hear your thoughts on that, and thanks so much for your show.
1: Well, thanks, Jordan, for your question, and I appreciate your concern and willingness to help your little brother 13 years old what a great time to be starting to recognize responsibility the connection between work and earning money unfortunately we see a lot of kids growing up and they've really never been encouraged or required to make that connection and all of a sudden they're coming out of college and they still haven't made that connection golly what a great way to teach business and life principles by having some kind of a little entrepreneurial business now, could he get a job? I don't know. At 13, it may be kind of tough to do that. Maybe be able to hook up with some kind of a construction cleanup crew or lawn care crew. But, you know, most places aren't going to give a legitimate job to a 13-year-old. But can he do some things? Absolutely. I mean, you hear me, you probably get me hear me hear get tired of hearing me talk about the things that my grandkids do. But there's certainly a whole lot of opportunities. Uh, Joanna and I were just recently in Colorado, and my little 9- and 10-year-old grandson, Ian and Canyon spend Fridays at the farmer's market doing personalized wood plaques. That means they have Aspen wood that's cut. It's about three quarters of an inch thick and about 16 inches long. Still has the bark on the edges. So it makes a really attractive piece. They'll just handwrite somebody's name on there like Dan or Paul or Jordan. And then they use a router to route that out. So it's very rudimentary. There's nothing very sophisticated about it. They're not using stencils, but people love it. 10 bucks a piece or depending on the size, maybe a little bit more, but, um, you know, they're making 150 bucks a Friday doing that. Well, that's pretty decent for a nine and 10 year old. And then I talked about my daughter, my granddaughter Eliza, who in one afternoon doing face painting made $422 Now, she has a friend that was standing there who was aghast, you know, with her mouth dropped open. Eliza had worked from about 11 o'clock to four o'clock. So about five hours she had put in face painting to make her $422. And a little friend there who works at the local ice cream shop said, geez, that's more than I make in a whole month. Now she's making like eight bucks an hour and working about 20 hours a week. But I mean, yeah. You you can get an eye opening experience for a 13 year old. But what you have to do is just find what is it that they already enjoy doing. Start with that and then expand on that. If that's window washing or a delivery service or having a lemonade stand. I mean, Clara, my little granddaughter here, is eight years old. She's done at our events. If you come to Coaching with Excellence, you're going to see Clara set up selling something. She knows it's a captive audience, people are generous with tips. And so she's done poppy seed muffins here. She's done her own little note cards. Other kinds, she sold her artwork. I mean, a whole lot of things. And when Kevin, who now hosts the Zig Ziglar podcast, incidentally, but when he was a little guy, when he was 14 years old, I sent him to a window tinting school in Atlanta. We live in Nashville, Tennessee, but sent him to Atlanta for a week and he learned how to window tint. Now that's a very specialized kind of skill, but at 14 years old, he was doing Mercedes Jags, Volvos a couple evenings after school during the week and making five, six hundred dollars a week. I mean, that's what we had him do to fund his bicycle racing. He wanted expensive bikes, he wanted equipment, no problem. We're gonna help you develop a way to earn the money for those things, not just buy them for you. So he did that. Jared, my next son, he did bicycle repair for a couple summers where he wasn't old enough yet to drive. So he was like 13, like your little brother, Jordan. And he would do bicycle repair. And he did, we we ran a special one summer. the, The same special ran all summer long. It was like, you know, this week's special, flat repair, $5. Well, we put those flyers out. We made up a simple little door hanger flyer, put it out twice during the course of the entire summer. And it kept him totally booked for the entire summer. But here's the deal. When you do a flat repair for $5, chances are pretty high that that bicycle needs other things as well. May need a new chain or just kind of a spring tune up. And so Jared would turn that little simple flat repair into additional work. And he was making, you know, decent money working a couple afternoons during just a a week during the summer. So it wasn't like he was spending 40 hours a week doing that, but he was making two or $300 a week doing that. Um, Ashley, my daughter, uh, found her niche working with her mama in the kitchen. She was famous for her apple pies and she would sell her apple pies for $25 a piece. And she had a waiting list pretty much all the time. So anytime she announced that she was going to be doing some more, she had people uh, through the school that she was going to that were standing in line to uh, get her apple pies. So there are plenty of things like that you can do. Now, my book, 48 Low or No Cost Business Ideas, certainly has ideas in there that a 13-year-old can do. There are other resources as well. Uh, one of the things that we're getting a lot of encouragement to develop is how to raise entrepreneurial children. Um, we'll probably make that a theme podcast in the next few weeks here where I'll put it out just like we did you know, recently, how to live with a negative spouse. We'll put it back to you, the listeners, and let you contribute your stories and ideas about how to raise entrepreneurial kids. But great question. Love the fact that you're Uh, wanting to help your little brother do that there are unlimited number of ideas that you can do okay this comes from and uh, i'm asked not to use the real name but i'm a 29 year old brazilian currently living in germany and i'm lost i'm on day five of your book and i must say it's been very helpful to me the only problem that i have is that i have no idea what my calling is i'm interested in so many things i don't know where to turn I've changed my college direction three times. I studied in law, fashion design, international relations, in which I am graduated. The system in Brazil is quite different. We don't work with majors, so to speak. At least I have an idea of what I don't want. I have a master's in peace and security studies, but I don't want to be an academic. I'm working with logistics, but I despise every second of it. And the only part of law I'm interested in is law of the sea which doesn't have many vacancies i applied for a position at the international tribunal for the law of the sea but i don't really think i stand a chance against my competitors due to financial reasons i had to find a job before graduating and i didn't have the same opportunities as many of them to deepen my knowledge in the matter and that is biting me in the behind that's how i ended up in the logistics branch Um, something I was trying to avoid with all my strength, my company and colleagues are okay, but I have no passion for the thing. Okay. Now it goes on. Um, this person says I'm lost. We'll call let's call her Maggie. I'm lost. I don't know where to turn and I need guidance. I'm afraid it'll be too late for me to break this cycle. Can you please help now? For one thing at 29, you have not lost your window of opportunity. It's not like you're so old at this point that all you have to do is coast into the grave. Believe me, you need some more life experience to even um, know how to continue asking these great questions that you are. So don't be discouraged with that. I mean, having a variety of things that you have experimented out there is a great way to be closing in on ultimately what you're going to do that you really do love. And recognizing, and I tell kids a lot of times, you know, those first three or four jobs you have after you graduate from high school or college, the primary purpose and value of those is to help you identify what it is you do not want to do. There's a lot of value in that, identifying what you don't want to do. So Maggie, don't be discouraged with the process. You're, you've gained more value from trying these different things, both in academic study and in jobs, than what you're giving yourself credit for. Knowing those things that you do not want to do, that's a great way to keep narrowing down. But keep in mind, you want to have that beautiful, sweet, precious convergence of passion, talent, and money. But you don't need to wait until you discover what your passion is. Passion is more often Developed than it is discovered. So get involved in things, even if you don't think that you're totally passionate about it, because you may discover that your ability, your skill, your talent to do something with excellence then stimulates a passion. And over time, you develop passion in that. So again, don't beat yourself up. I think it's wonderful that you've tried so many different things. And I would encourage you to continue doing that. Again, at 29, if you continue doing that until you're 40, that's fine you don't need to figure this out. It's an ongoing process. A lot of people that I see are figuring out at 55 years old. So asking the questions that you are at 29 is still a great starting point. Golly, I'll tell you what, some of the, some of the questions here, I mean, are are kind of draining. They're emotionally draining. I think I need to go back and catch a nap before we continue here. Well, Hey, you know, speaking of, of sleeping more, I want to remind you again about, you know, one of our ongoing sponsors being Casper. Casper is the mattress that people fight over at my house. Had one of our granddaughters stay with us last night. That's exactly where she's going to be is in the Casper mattress. It's really a great sleep experience. You know, I recently was listening to Brendan Bouchard, who has some amazing training material. He's kind of the younger version of Tony Robbins. So he's that kind of motivational teacher speaker and has some great materials, but uh, he was sharing the five things that he recommends for his high level achievers, people that pay, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year to hang around him and be coached by him. Number one was to get 50 minutes more sleep every night. He says, I don't care where you are. Most everybody he knows is sleep deprived. And what that does In the middle of the afternoon, if you're struggling just to stay awake, it's essentially the same as being drunk. So don't, don't try to work drunk. If your body's telling you to rest, golly rest, we could go off into the value of naps and all that. But uh, just as a reminder, if you want a great sleep, get a Casper mattress. I mean, that's what we have here. Again, people fight over it knowing that we have one in our guest room in our house. You can go to Casper, get $50 off any mattress just, and here's the deal. We got a new special code for you. The code is sleep. You love. Now we talk about work. You love, you know what I think is just as important sleep. You love this morning. I was exhausted this, this morning after spending two days in a conference and, uh, Joanne asked me, you know, how I was feeling this morning. said, Oh my gosh, I feel rested, restored, rejuvenated, slept like a rock, ready to go, got out, did my exercise and ready to go. But if you go to Casper.com slash Sleep You Love, you'll see right there a 48 Days listener page. Really cool page, Casper.com slash Sleep you Love, and then use the promo code sleepyoulove, Love, and you can join a whole lot of other 48 Days people who have gotten a mattress, and you can get 50 bucks off for the mattress, and they deliver it free. Shows up at your door. You don't have to go down and tie it onto the top of your car. Great way to get the sleep you need so you can be refreshed. And that gives you the kind of creative energy to figure this thing out. I mean, you you aren't going to figure out work you love if you're feeling exhausted all the time, it'll kill your creativity. It'll kill your ability to see new opportunities. Well, I could go on. Van says, how do you break out of the rut? I've been in one for 10 years, maybe longer where I'm merely existing, going through the motions. I'm not happy about any area of my life. I've read so many self-help, nonfiction books, but implementing things seems to be my problem. I've read 48 days, but I can't figure out what I should be doing, and I'm very discouraged. I feel like I have nothing to look forward to in life. Just wouldn't love to get my life sorted out. I'm 41, and I feel like I should have accomplished more. I try to make positive habits, but give up and resort to old ones quickly. People ask me what's the point to all the reading as I do nothing as I do nothing. And I feel the same way. Would love to at least have one breakthrough in my life. Lastly, I've also neglected my health. There you go. These things are all so tied together. You can't neglect your health and expect to do well in your work. You can't neglect your sleep and expect to be creative and a big thinker and see opportunities that other people miss. Have your reticular activator up those things will be numbed. If you aren't healthy and sharp, you've got to do that. Now you're 41 years old, feel like you should have accomplished more. I don't know what that means. I mean, most people do their greatest work later in life. The people, I mean the Mark Zuckerberg's and Steve jobs, of the world who knock it out of the park so young, that's so rare. That's why we pay attention to it because it is so rare, but most people go through years of learning more and more and more about themselves And then ultimately, they figure out a way to bring together that passion, talent, and money and have a lot of fun in later seasons of their lives. Um, That's certainly more often the case than not. But what I need to encourage you, Van, is pay attention. You can't be 41 years old and not have some really clear road marks along the way for what are the things that you enjoy? Where is it that you really function well? What are the skills that you've developed? What is it when you're doing it, time just flies by? So a lot of it is just paying attention. And I know that when we're busy, life just kind of happens. It just seems to kind of run over us like a locomotive. You just got to take a fresh breath, draw that line in the sand, pay attention. That's the first thing. As I tell people again and again, 85% of the process of having the proper confidence for direction is in looking inward first. 85% comes from looking inward first. 15% is the application. A lot of people go right to the application. They're thinking, wow, maybe I should leave this job and jump to that one. Or here's a great business opportunity that I heard about. Or here's somebody down the street is doing this online. I'm going to try that. That's That's not a good approach. The first part is that 85% look inward. How has God uniquely gifted you? When is it that you're most excited about what it is you're doing? Learn from those things. Pay attention to those. Then you start shaping those into what kind of work activity would be meaningful for you. Hey, just a reminder, you're hearing real questions here. Real questions from other people just like you and me in the trenches figuring this out as we go. If you got a question you'd like me to address just go to the 48days.com site click on ask dan you'll see there a little red starburst you can submit your question there or just shoot an email to askdan at 48days.com or you can do like some of the people here and just you go to any part on our website and you'll see a little microphone over there you can just click on that and start talking pretty cool technology these days you can just start talking and i'll get that as a voicemail message. John says, I want to write and let you know how much Danny's question resonated with me last week. Now, this is the one that Danny was one that we addressed last week or a couple weeks ago, who said, my younger brother's living out his dreams. I feel terrible because I'm not. I'm trying to make up for lost time at age 27, so on and so forth. That was Danny. So John is saying, wow, that sounded like me. I'm 31 years old, son, much in the same spot. I'm married. I have two young daughters, eight and three. We're very close to paying off our last student loan, which is a hundred thousand dollars total. My gosh! Congratulations on that. I absolutely despise my career choice, engineering, and struggle with the exact same difficulties as Danny does. I too feel tired and depressed about my career. I listen to all the big names, uh, you, Dan, Dave Ramsey, Pat Flynn, Tim Ferriss, Entrepreneur on Fire, and so on. But think I suffer from analysis of paralysis. With both of us working, we're so stressed. It's very hard to find the motivation and energy to get out of this rut. I also have too many ideas of what I would like to do. not sure exactly what would work best. I'm a precisionist, according to your disk profile, with high S and C. Um, Very clear that I need to get out of a traditional engineering job, but I struggle with the clarity and where I need to go next and not jeopardize my family. I do believe that escaping Shawshank would be an, an incredibly beneficial for me, but we're almost finished with our baby step two. Can't afford an event like this. Um, hope you even decided to make a stand the of them. Okay. Goes on and on. Well, again, very, very common questions. Uh, John, I encourage you like I did the previous listener there to pay attention to the things that you're seeing about yourself. You know, don't get trapped in this, uh, this quandary of thinking that to be responsible, you have to ignore what you know about yourself. You don't, don't think that it's a trade-off. Either you follow your passion and then your, your precious family has to live on beans and rice, rice and beans, as Dave Ramsey would say, or you just get to fulfill your passion, you know, or, or you have to leave that rather and go do something responsible for, where you make a decent income, but you hate what you do. I mean, don't think that it's a trade-off. Expect to have both expect to be right in that sweet spot, doing something that you absolutely love where everything about you just comes alive. But at the same time, where you make reasonable money, when you think about it, when you think about it, just logically, is it more, is it more difficult to make money doing something that you hate or something that you really enjoy? Well, to me, it's a whole lot more difficult to make things work, to really do your best work when you aren't enjoying the work that you're doing. When you move into that sweet spot of something that you really love doing, even if it seems impractical and unrealistic, that's going to be your best absolute tool and opportunity for work that you love and for creating financial abundance. Work, I mean, money just comes a whole lot easier when you're doing something that you really enjoy. Don't think that it's a trade-off. Now, a lot of you here are young. I want to give you references to a couple brand new books that are out there that I really want to recommend. One I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's Jamie Borromeo's new book, Young, Educated and Broke, An Introduction to America's New Poor. A lot of you are talking about the fact that you're young, you know, gee, you don't want to do what you got your degree in, but you feel like you have to make money. Well, this book, Young, Educated and Broke, kind of breaks through some of those barriers. Talks about her own struggles in that area, but also has some solutions. Here's another one. Paul and Joan has a new book out titled All Grown Up. And the grown in that is spelled like uh, G-R-O-A-N, All Grown Up, Searching for Self, Faith and a Freaking Job. Those are a couple books, All Grown Up young, educated, and broke that you can um, use to help break through some of these patterns. Don't, don't be so discouraged that this is going to be a forever kind of thing. If you're discouraged right now, give yourself a timeline. I mean, obviously I think 45 or 48 days rather is enough time to assess where you are, get the advice and opinion of the people, identify the best three or four choices for yourself, do a little bit more research, choose the best one and act. Now, John, you described yourself as a high S and C. Know what some of the implications of that are. That means that you are a precisionist. That means that you gather more information than a lot of people before pulling the trigger and making a decision. That may mean that you procrastinate, justifying it as being just, you want to make sure you make a really good decision, whereas somebody with a different personality style will just pull the trigger and make the move maybe you need to jump off the ledge a little earlier than what you feel totally comfortable in doing. If you have created, in fact, a clear plan to do that. Now, incidentally, you know, we're getting really cr- close to escaping Shawshank. I showed that yesterday to a big group and got gasps from the audience because that trailer is so profound. We've still got a few spots in that. Would love to see you there. I don't want anybody to, you know, not pay the mortgage. And come to escaping Shawshank. And frankly, if you're unemployed, don't come to escaping Shawshank. It's not going to be a method where you go out the next week and make money. Now, this is a much higher level development kind of process to understand. You know what is it that's holding you back? So, if you're already working, you're already doing well in terms of being responsible financially, but you just have the sense that there's more. There's something that you're missing. That's where you're going to benefit most from coming to escaping Shawshank. So we'd love to see you there. I've got that special discount code. If you haven't signed up yet, it's going to give you a $350 discount if you just use freedom 2015. So if if that does help you a little bit, fine. But again, I don't want this to be a choice between, you know, having food on the table for your kids and coming there. Don't do that. I mean, this is, that's not appropriate. This is a personal ongoing development kind of process. We'd love to see you there and help you break through some of the things that are holding you back. Absolutely. Well, this comes from M in the United Kingdom, who says I was working in publishing in London, but after years of a three hour commute, uh, I just took at the first public job that came up in town. I knew it was a junior position. However, today, a staff writer resigned, giving a short notice period. I want to go for it. One reason for taking this job was to have a foot in the door should an opportunity arise. But as it's happening so soon after starting, I don't want to come across as ungrateful, rude, or dissatisfied. The job is within the same department team, and I don't want to upset the powers that be. Any thoughts, Dan, thanks for your help. Now, So here's the deal. He went for a job, got another job, kind of a move back, felt he's underemployed, in some ways and almost immediately a new position is going to be open in the same department the same team you know what my suggestion is absolutely go for it i mean this may be your lucky day when preparation meets opportunity the whole setup may have been to get you right here don't just play small. Don't just stay back. If you have the qualifications for this new position, that's going to be opening up as a staff writer. Absolutely. Raise your hand. Say that's exactly what you were hoping for over the long haul. And you're a candidate now based on what you've already done. Great question. Matthew says, I'm an over the road trucker. I've hated my job for years. I've sacrificed time with family, my own health for the last 19 years. I've wanted to quit for two years, but it's our only source of income. Um, wife and two sons. My wife has student loan debt, no job to show for it. We're both in our fifties. Want to be our own bosses, but no ideas on how to do it. Only that I want to help people. My passion is singing. I've tried for a career as a singer and failed. I've recently discovered that I like to write and started a blog. I'm a stage three cancer survivor, battling high blood pressure, hypertension, back and neck problems, etc. All of which are job related. I literally feel trapped and worn out, living paycheck to paycheck. Literally, help. Well, Matthew, start with what you love. I mean, look at the things that you really do love, but, and there's a big caveat there, then be realistic about building a model. I think there are a whole lot of opportunities available, things that are very unique and personalized for just you. But you have to be realistic about building a model that does blend passion, talent, and money. You can't just say you enjoy writing. So you're going to do that. I mean, you have to figure out, okay, if writing is going to be the thing that you do, how are you going to turn that into income? I mean, I write and write a lot. It served me very well. But the writing, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go on, I'm going to include another one here so I can kind of give an overview of why I don't think you should look at writing as a means for income. This comes from Brian, Byron, who says, then I just started a blog. Can you give me some pointers on how to develop readership? The blog and turn this into a source of income. Well, a blog is not really a source of income. Now, here's how this goes. I mean, I go to these conferences and somebody comes up and says, Dan, hey, man, I just started a podcast. And I'm like, cool, really cool. What's your business? And they look at me like a deer in the headlights. I mean, what do you mean? I just started a podcast. A podcast is not a business. It's like putting up a billboard. It's like having a mailbox at the end of your driveway it's a means of communicating to people, but it is not a business. Now, certainly there's some of you who are going to take exception with that. And there's certainly a lot of examples about people who are making money from blogs and podcasts, but it's almost the chicken and the egg here. If you are starting a podcast or starting a blog, you don't have an audience that would merit any kind of income. You have to build the audience first. So it's almost you you build the audience where you don't even need the blog and the podcast, and then those are just ways to kind of keep priming the pump, keep things going together. Now, certainly there are ways that you can, once you have established a major platform, there are things you can do that will create income. You can promote affiliate sales. When you hear me promote you know, Casper, Harry's, Audible, other things on here. You know, those are paid sponsors, but it's because I have a pretty big audience. I mean, you you can't do that. Nobody's going to advertise with you when you have, you know, 500 listeners. So you, you got to get in the game. You got to build an audience and a blog and a podcast ought to be just driving traffic back to something else. Now you hear me talk about live events that we have, our coaching mastery program, my mastermind, I mean, we have a whole lot of things where people do spend money here, but the blog and the podcast are just ways of letting people know about those along with providing hopefully, you know, helpful information to people. But you got to take a long view on this. You got to take a long approach to how this is going to work. Build a real business. Are you going to provide speaking uh, speaking services? Are you going to coach? Are you going to create products? What is it that you're going to do that is the real backbone of your business, and then a blogger podcast can help you promote that. Well, Mike says I have an ideal job, but I really hate it. I have a (laughs) great—I can just keep going with these. I have a great work-life balance and work three days a week. I'm with my young kids the other days. Work itself isn't enjoyable. I feel like those days I'm punching the clock. Look forward to leaving. The job isn't fulfilling, but it's so ideal. I want to make a career change that I will like that will likely mean I work more days. I'm not averse to working more. I'm a doctor and worked for so long for so many years. The new career change would mean more leadership opportunity and more work hours. I'd enjoy my work more, but I feel guilty because it means less time with my kids. Try to enjoy my current position, but I don't think I can. What's better to work more in a job you love or less in a job you dislike Boy, there's so many factors involved in this, Mike. Um, so many factors to make that decision. I mean, right off the surface, if you're working two or three days a week and make a reasonable living doing that and have the rest of the time free for family and other things that you're interested, perhaps either in other things that you could develop that would be business ideas that would generate income. That's a pretty sweet deal to do that and to move away from that. And and what we have to also, in as much as I talk about work, you love, and certainly that's meaningful. But it's not the only thing for a meaningful life. The deposits of success you're making in your family, in personal relationships, physically, spiritually, in a community, socially, those are equally as valuable. And if you have work that you can do in a limited form that provides for your financial needs, so you can be making massive deposits in those other areas of success, wow, that's a pretty sweet deal. That is a really Stuck sweet deal. Wow. Well, that's been a pretty common theme stuck in the J-O-B today. God, I just want to encourage all of you. There is more. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, there really is. There are just way too many opportunities today to feel trapped or feel stuck in that J-O-B. Well, remember our quotation for today. Work is love made visible. If you cannot work with love, but only with this taste, it is better that you should leave your work, sit at the gate of the temple, and take alms of those who work with joy. I encourage you, to keep working toward how to make your work love made visible. If I've been able to do that, am I just speaking out of top of my head? Not at all. Y'all, I absolutely love what I do. And I don't know how I can love people better than to do the work that I do. I want you to have that same kind of feeling. I want you to move toward that. A lot of individual circumstances determine how we do that best. No doubt about it. Hey, thanks for being part of this amazing community where we in fact are finding or creating work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, don't settle for less.
0: It's gonna take your whole heart It's gonna take all you've got